0: Well, hello and welcome to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. I'm Greg Fisher. Today I want to celebrate and talk about the Office for Globalization and the hard work that they have put into making Louisville a welcoming city with a discussion about 12 years of support that we've had for our immigrant community and our new citizens. Something I've really understood well before I was ever mayor of Louisville is that in order for our city to have the kind of opportunities that a large metropolitan city should have, is we needed a more diverse global community with multiple opportunities accessible to everyone in the community. I come from a business background and I've always had the goal of making my businesses global and I've seen many many benefits from that over the years. So that's why in 2011 when I took office one of the first things I did was to create the Office for Globalization to support and celebrate the importance of our local immigrant communities including helping Louisville compete in an international market. So we wanted to bring the world to Louisville and take Louisville out to the world with our Office for Globalization. And as a result of this commitment to globalization, one success is that in June of 2018, Louisville became only the second city in the United States of America to be named a certified welcoming city by Welcoming America, a leading national nonprofit around immigrant support and economic inclusivity. And the city has really seen our foreign-born population in Greece increase nearly 40 percent in the last 10 years, and it's going to keep growing. As a matter of fact, our city would not be growing were it not for our foreign-born population, so we are grateful for that. Not just the population growth, but our city is much more interesting when we have diverse cultures from around the world were more successful economically and entrepreneurially as well so many many things to celebrate with our new citizens we have a solid foundation in Louisville for growing and supporting our immigrant community and now it's going to be easier to continue increasing our foreign-born population and we hope to double our foreign-born population in the next five to seven years or so so that will be getting us up to around 150,000 people or so out of our current population, total city population, of about 800,000. So with us today are Emily Dyer, Emily is the Executive Director of Americana Community Center, and Amos Izir Imana, Program Manager in the Office of Globalization for Louisville Metro Government. So welcome folks.
1: Thank you Mayor. Glad to be here.
0: So Amos, let's start with the basics. What is the Office of Globalization and how does it support our immigrant communities?
1: So the Office for Globalization uh, seeks to engage our international population here in Louisville by uh, partnering with uh, organizations like Americana in our social service, our education sector, um, government and business sector as well to um, welcome immigrants and uh, engage them in our society through um, helping increase economic, um, educational and cultural opportunities. Um, And we do this really in what we'd like to... Uh, framework as a th- a three Cs. Uh, we serve as the connector between Aluva metro government and our co- international communities, um, in- including communicating some of the government services um, that are accessible to, the entire, uh, to all Aluva uh, residents um, and convening our partners to ensure that we have sort of a, a, a updated and, um, uh, and continued discussions on, on the issues and needs of the international community.
0: When well, we really see some amazing results when the three C's are deployed because uh, new citizens, so many of them are, are they're ready to go, they just need a connection to know how to do that.
1: Exactly and we serve as that connector and, and, and I think that's really one of the our biggest strengths uh, in having an office like ours in, in metro government to be able to uh, not only have that direct communication but also uh, be able to connect uh, various uh, entities.
0: And One of the things we focused on is trying to be a best practice in the country so we're proud of our certified Welcoming City status. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that is and how do you earn that credential and then how do you get recertified?
1: Yes, so Welcoming America, which is a national organization, uh, created the uh, Welcoming City certification and uh, by creating a Welcoming standard. And the standards really uh, are around uh, cities that, um, that, that are intentional in their practices and policies that are inclusive and uh, work to, uh, to include immigrants as uh, they contribute uh, into the into communities and to ensure that they thrive. And so some of those standards include government leadership, um, com- connected communi- communities, safe communities, education, um, and uh, equitable access and civic engagement. And so uh, through that the, the process, the uh, Welcoming America group, uh, team uh, allows for cities to basically assist themselves Uh, by identifying some of those intentional practices and policies within the standards that um, uh, we we would deem to be welcoming. And then the team comes to to visit Louisville and uh, we go through an audit where they get to meet with organizations uh, who are partnering with metro government, but but also organizations that are working with the international population to learn about some of those intentional practices. Um, And so that's how in 2018, we became the second city to be, uh, re- uh, to be certified as a welcoming city. And uh, we just went through the recertification process in December and are now on our way to be recertified.
0: No, that's so I'm hopeful for that. And I know one of the things that Welcoming America looks at is access to information. So we've been focused on that uh, during the pandemic. We've been focused on that legislatively as well. And earlier this year, Metro Council passed and obviously we strongly supported a language access ordinance to improve language access policies across the city agencies. I know we've got over 125 I think languages within JCPS so there's a big need for this so how is the language access ordinance going to help increase
1: equitable access to all of metro government services? Yes so with the hundreds of languages that we have spoken in Louvre really um, of the total foreign-born population about 55 percent of them are what we call English proficient individuals and that's uh, individuals that have identified that they speak English less than very well on the census and so really that's a sizable population that's really um, not able to understand some of the uh, uh, the information that's uh, that's out uh, in in English and so uh, the language access ordinance will allow uh, for those individuals who are uh, looking to access uh, government services Uh, to be able to access those uh, services in their own language uh, through interpretations or written translations of some of our public uh, notices, um, vital documents that uh, are put out uh, in in the public. Um, And this will also allow for continued trainings of some of our staff um, to be able to communicate and engage with the international populations, um, including some of our inspectors, uh, food inspectors with public health, um, codes and regulations, and some of the other uh, publicly-facing Um, agencies. No, it's good. It's
0: interesting to me to see the the desire that our foreign-born population has to speak English, and it's it's fun when you go into, uh, let's say, Emily, for instance, the grocery store across the street from you guys, and you know, you see multi-generations working in in some of our shops, and you see the young folks, you know, that are very proficient in English, and maybe their mom and dad. Not so much, and they're the translators, but And the kids, when I say kids, you know, not so often you might say, here's the dad and mom that came here. Not real good English. Daughter working the cash register, who, by the way, is in medical school at the University of Louisville. I mean, it's amazing to see this quick jump up. That happened in my family. My uh, wife, Alex, is the daughter of Greek immigrants that fled during the Civil War. They had a fourth and sixth grade education because it was interrupted by the war. And in one generation, uh, they're able to have a MD. My wife's a doctor, a PhD, and a master's degree. Because the family focused on education, and we see that a lot with our foreign-born population. You, Emily, talk to, to us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, um, I would say that that's very accurate. So many of the participants that come to Americana are coming there for their education and their children's education, uh, because they know that the key to social mobility is having access to education and understanding how to. Um, access all of the resources in our community through learning English. So parents want to learn English, they want their children to learn English, and they want to understand the education system and how to advocate and support their children as they move through it.
0: Yeah, That's one of the services I know that you guys provide at Americana. Talk to us about a little other services you have there.
2: So um, we partner with JCPS to provide the largest English a second language program, but we also provide a lot of wraparound services, including a youth after-school program um, that runs from 3.30 to 6.30. And then we also have an intergenerational learning opportunity, which is our family education program that allows parents to come and learn English as a second language, and it focuses on kindergarten readiness, bringing in children who are, Uh, six months to five years old to learn alongside their parents. They go to their own classes. They focus on the things that make them prepared and ready for kindergarten so that they can be successful when they enter school. And then there's also an academic component for children who are siblings older than that. Uh, Parents attend parent classes and they learn about the education system. They learn about child development and other resources in the United States that will help their family to thrive. Um, We have a community garden that addresses food scarcity in our community. Uh, We have a fiberworks program. We offer citizenship, digital literacy, and workforce development professional mentorship for families.
0: And have things gotten busier or slower over the past couple of years?
2: Well, during the pandemic, I think we all had to do an incredible pivot. Um, We were very fortunate to partner with the Office of Globalization and so many community ethnic leaders to provide vaccination and testing during that time. It was critical to have that information provided in multiple languages, especially at a time when everyone needed to isolate for safety. Um, And since then, we've seen the doors just really open wide for all of the things that people need as As we move back into fully opening our our community, our society, people are very excited to to get their citizenship and to further their English language acquisition so that they can get jobs and get better paying jobs and move forward and up in the companies that they already work in. Um, So we've actually started to provide our citizenship classes four times a week when we used to only provide them Uh, two times a week, and we provide uh, three different offerings every week of English classes, as opposed to just the two that we had before.
0: I was so uh, grateful and proud of our foreign-born community during the pandemic where you called on some of the ambassadors from the uh, Welcoming Academy and others to help us translate in over two dozen languages to make sure that information was out there. And one of the things that was so neat about it was as newer Americans, the pride that they had to be able to step up and help their groups, their ethnic groups, their national groups, as a citizen, as an American citizen, man, it was awesome. You know, to see that kind of zeal and passion toward just being a citizen, not asking for anything in return, just to help. And I, I think we Americans have been here for multiple generations need to kind of say take notice a little bit more and understand that's a really valuable role that a citizen leads because we see some of our best citizenship efforts from our newest citizens I'm just really grateful for that the, we talked about language access how important that is but then some of our newer citizens say okay, I want to get more involved and so the Welcome Academy is one way to do
1: that tell us about that Amos yes so the Welcome Academy is our leadership training program which is free to all, to, uh, all residents and all applicants that participate uh, in the program, and really the uh, the purpose of the academy is to build knowledge and networks for of our our international leaders to be able to to build their capacity uh, to connect and and, uh, and and assist their communities to uh, to thrive. Um, since 2017, we've graduated about 120 um, uh, Welcome Academy alumni, and uh, we just finished our eighth cohort uh, this month and uh, hope to, to continue to build upon that. Um, as, as you mentioned, Mayor, um, in, during the pandemic, many of our community ambassadors were Welcome Academy alumni who saw the need that, that was um, in place. And uh, it, it, was, it, it was easy to get information out there, especially uh, being able to, to, to translate in multiple languages. But um, a lot of times that, that information was not as accessible for those who may not uh, speak speak their language uh, or be able to read their language or um, or, or even uh, understand some of the languages that we thought were prominent and so uh, community ambassadors were key to be able to connect uh, with their communities as trusted um, influencers connectors and even leaders
0: yeah and it's wonderful to see them come out with leadership and have confidence in their communities and how they inspire other folks from their communities to come to the welcome academy we saw that with our last graduation a couple of weeks ago from our somali community it was really outstanding
1: yes and many of our applicants really are referrals from uh, alumni and that and that's something i would say is a success of the program because um, the hope is that uh, the alumni will join a, co- um, a network of international leaders that we can uh, continue to rely upon uh, because you know they build their civic engagement um, and in years to come i don't know we'll see some of them uh, entering office or, or even being uh, business leaders in our community. Yeah,
0: no, I'm really excited about that. and I, I'm excited about the pride they have in the achievement that they feel when they go through the Welcoming Academy as well. So, Emily, one of the things that's always impressed me about Americana during the pandemic, you know, I got around a lot, always mask on, uh, but were the vaccination campaigns that you had there. And it was obvious to me that there was a high level of trust at Americana. Talk about... How do you earn that trust?
2: Working with the international community, trust is one of the single most important things that you can build in service provision. Um, If it's not there, then you'll know because people vote with their feet. They'll walk in or they won't walk in. I think Americana, um, particularly the staff there and my predecessor, Gardo, have worked very long and hard to build a lot of good solid relationships with community ethnic leaders here in Louisville and make the community center a neutral welcoming space for everyone who needed it for anything and to build the programs that we have around the needs of the community. I think the key to trust is always listening. So being able to listen to those needs and provide um, what we can in the way that's appropriate to the people who are asking has allowed us to build that trust and also allowed us to um, have such quick communication um, and and, um, support from so many of the community leaders here in Louisville when we started doing vaccination and testing, especially at a time when people weren't feeling really confident about all of the things that were going on.
0: Right. And so a lot of services in Americana, how are you all funded?
2: Um, We're funded primarily through uh, grants, through donors, through um, sponsorships of the events we have here in the community, through some support from the Office of Globalization, which we greatly appreciate. Um, Nonprofits like ours exist because people uh, invest in them and they invest in, in the missions that drive them forward. Our mission is to provide um, education and social support services to immigrants and refugees so that we build a strong, safe community, particularly in the south end. And I think that the people of Louisville really do believe in that.
0: Mm-hmm. And if any our, of our listeners wanna support Americana, how do they do that?
2: Well, I don't know if anybody knows about Give for Good coming up on September 15th, but Americana will be participating in that. That is an excellent way for people to support Americana. Every uh, dollar that you donate to our organization will be matched on that day. We have a goal of reaching uh, 5000 and we hope that everyone will help us with that.
0: Perfect. And outside of that, is there a website you can go to to donate? Or?
2: Yes, you can go to americanacc.org, um, check us out, check out all of our programs, and of course hit the donate button.
0: Yeah, it's a great investment. You guys really get a lot of work done without huge funding, so I would really encourage our listeners, if you want to help our community and our global population in uh, investment in Americana is a great investment. So we appreciate the work you're doing there.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: We're seeing some concentration of population, Amos, that is creating some interesting effects. You know, on Old Bargetown Road, uh, over a dozen-plus locations now, international grocery stores, restaurants, Everything is varied maybe from uh, Nepalese food to Caribbean food. But I mean, you could just stop and get out of your car and spend all day walking around over there. Uh, In the south part of our city, uh, Vietnamese concentration, uh, Somali population. Uh, Then when we go to the Preston Corridor, seen a lot of our uh, Latino uh, concentration there. And in some areas around Preston Corridor, uh, it's almost like a little Havana. Uh, So talk about how do you see all that kind of coming together? Because, you know, 10 or 20 years ago, we didn't have that concentration. You know, now some of these uh, populations are large enough that when they move to our city, they feel very comfortable culturally from where they came from as they become new Americans.
1: And I would say that really is uh, uh, one of the primary factors that is uh, uh, adding on to our sort of secondary migration where a lot of um, immigrants are moving to Louisville from other um, locations. Uh, I believe if you speak to any of the resettlement agencies, uh, they'll tell you that there's really uh, an an influx of um, uh, groups that are coming from um, other areas. Some who are resettled through the refugee resettlement program are uh, in different states, and then they hear about uh, the diversity and the vibrancy that we have here in Louisville, and so they choose to move here. Um, and so we, uh, as, as the Office for Globalization and, uh, say, uh, many of our partners in the community, we want to, be, to celebrate that and um, and highlight sort of uh, the, the the diversity of cultures, of, of uh, cuisines, uh, languages that they bring uh, here uh, in Louisville.
0: We just had an extraordinary World Fest this past weekend on Labor Day weekend with I'm sure 100,000 people went through there to experience incredible music and food and dancing. Uh, So, but if I am curious on where to eat, because food brings us all together, you know, in all the wonderful food and cuisines around the world, I mean, is there a way for me to figure that out through the Office of Globalization?
1: Yes, so this past weekend at World Fest, we just launched the Global Dining Passport. uh, And this is really a guide uh, for residents and visitors who are here in Louisville to explore the diverse international cuisines that we have uh, in the city, and also encourage people to buy local. Um, there are about, an estimate of about 3,000 uh, entrepreneurs in Louisville, um, and about 10% of our main street businesses you know, are uh, owned by immigrants. And so it, it is important that we highlight that, the entrepreneurial spirit that our uh, foreign-born populations bring into Louisville. And so the passport really is a guide to be able to discover some of our culinary diversity that we have. Um, but not only just you know, the culinary diversity, but also the cultures and the languages, because when you're sharing food, really, uh, I believe it really connects us, uh, being able to, um, to connect uh, through uh, the food, uh, the cultures, and also maybe even learn a new language through uh, some of the vocabulary that are used in the restaurants. And so uh, the passport uh, in, in, its, in the first pilot has about 30 restaurants that uh, uh, individuals can try out um, they are spread out in five different neighborhoods uh, where many of, the, of of the of them are uh, what you mentioned earlier uh, where uh, there are pockets of uh, in, uh, concentration of uh, immigrant owned uh, restaurants yeah no it's exciting good
0: and I would encourage lowvilles to Get a passport? How can they get a passport?
1: So you can get a passport through some of our events and we'll be uh, dispersing those to some of our partners, like Americana. Um, we are working with Louvre Tourism to also host some of the passports for our visitors. Okay, and will it be online eventually? And so we are planning to in- increase the uh, the number of uh, restaurants that are highlighted. Um, currently we have the Global Louvre Directory, which is uh, an online platform where any business can re- register um, uh, to online to be visible, especially those uh, immigrant-owned businesses. And so we'd like to add that and uh, make the passport uh, available online as well so that um, anyone uh, who's, who may not have uh, the physical copy can also access the passport. And so uh, stay tuned and we'll uh, we'll have that um, available in the coming months.
0: Great, well, I'd encourage billions, uh that if you've lived here for generations or a while, if you haven't been in any of our foreign-owned restaurants to get out and have a great adventure and have great food at the same time i guarantee you will enjoy it emily's we're closing up here you mentioned edgardo edgardo manzia is kind of really closely associated with americana obviously he was there for over 20 years was our first founder and executive director so you're about a year or so into the position now
2: yes almost a year
0: probably went by pretty quickly
2: yes it has you came
0: <laughs> in at such an easy time when the pandemic was going <laughs> on but I've really appreciated how you've really leaned into it in your own authentic and passionate way as well. So what are some of your big learnings here over the past year?
2: Oh man, it's been a really wild ride. Um, I think more than ever, I realize the importance of partners in our community. None of the work that's done at Americana is done alone. It's done with the help of community ethnic leaders. It's done with uh, the help of Office of Globalization, the JCPS Adult Basic Education. Um, when we work together, uh, when we collaborate, we go farther. Um, and that's, that's what's really important is making the deepest impact for the people that you serve. Being able to do that can't be done on your own.
0: Well, Emily, we really appreciate you being, being one of our state's most important partners. And I say that because of the work that you do, but also just because of the growth of our foreign born population and and the opportunities that presents for us as a community. It's important that our kids grow up in a city that looks like the world uh, because they will be operating around the world. So we want them to go forth and flourish and wanna make sure that the world feels welcome when they come here as well. So thank you for the great work at Americana.
2: Thank you and thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, and Amos. Yes, sir. I know we'll keep working. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for the good work work. at the Office of Globalization. Thank you for your leadership. And thanks, everybody, for listening to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast.